These are the daily lectionary comments for November the 14th. We're going to look at Jeremiah 29, beginning at verse 1. This is Jeremiah's famous letter to the exiles. And then Matthew 26, beginning at verse 36. We're going to look carefully at what the things that Jesus said in prayer and the other things that he said when he was arrested. All right, Jeremiah 29. This is the, the famous letter that Jeremiah sent to the exiles. But what I, what I want to do is to lay the, the, the general situation that was going on, the context in which this letter was sent. We can take a quick look at the letter itself. The exile, what we call the exile to Babylon, actually happened in three phases. The first phase happened in 605. Uh, it, it was an intervention, an invasion of the Babylonians, a capturing of Jerusalem. Um, some people were deported to Babylon, but for the most part, things were left alone. Of course, uh, Judah lost her sovereignty, but the king was still there. And, uh, and uh, the, most of the uh, court continued to operate. The, uh, you know, Jerusalem still governed itself, more or less. Uh, that was in 605. A much larger intervention and a much larger, more significant deportation happened in 597. In 597, uh, the king himself, as well as the queen mother and and many of the court officials, more, more or less the, uh, the administration, the, the House of David and the administration, of the government, plus uh, many officials in the land uh, and movers and shakers and so forth were deported to Babylon. This was the major deportation. Most of the exiles, what we call the exiles, went into exile at this time. Uh, this was in 597. Uh, after the, that deportation, the temple was still standing. The walls of Jerusalem were still standing. Um, there, there was another puppet king placed in in uh, in uh, control by um, by the Babylonians. This was Zedekiah, uh, Jehoiachim, uh, Jehoiachim's uh, um, uncle. Now, um, but so things then went. And, and Jeremiah himself did not go into exile. He stayed in Jerusalem. So you had a whole bunch of, of Jews who had been exiled and deported to Babylon. Then you had others that were left uh, in Jerusalem, Jeremiah among them. Uh, the temple was still operational. The priests were still operating and so on. Uh, but it was a difficult time. The question arose at that time, what the people should expect. Jeremiah continued to preach in Jerusalem. Other prophets began to preach uh, among the exiles. So in Babylon, th there were these prophets that began preaching. And the, the most, um, most popular things that they were preaching, essentially, th these were false prophets. Not all of them, by the way. Th there were prophets that went into e Ezekiel, for example, was a, a, a true prophet that was among the exiles. But the false prophets were preaching this. Essentially, don't worry, you're here for a little bit. But that God is, is going to rescue us in very short order. And within a couple of three years, we're going to be back into uh, to Jerusalem and you'll see everything will be fine. And all the things that, uh, uh, that the king of Babylon has taken out of the temple, all the stuff that he's taken out of the palace, all the stuff that they've, that's all going to be returned and we're going to go back. 
So Jeremiah is getting word that the exiles are being told these comforting words. And Jeremiah writes this letter in response to that. So he's writing this letter a little bit after 597. There will be a third wave uh, and, a, and the most devastating uh, uh, invasion of the Babylonians would happen in 587. So when he's writing this letter, this hasn't happened yet. Uh, this is still, you know, probably seven or eight years away. But in that third and devastating uh, attack, Jerusalem will be sacked. The walls will be knocked down. The temple will be destroyed. Everything will be wrecked. And whatever was left in the land worth anything would be carted off to, to Babylon. The question at this time is, is that going to be averted? Okay. Is, 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 and are the exiles going to come back soon? Jeremiah's letter is sent to the exiles in Babylon. And it is meant to reassure them that these people who are telling you that you're going to be coming back soon are lying to you. You must not listen to them. His letter makes it very clear that they're going to be there for a while. In fact, he, he spells it out. It's going to be 70 years before I'm going to listen to you and bring you back. It's going to be 70 years. So make yourself comfortable in your new, in your new land. And actually, he's not being sarcastic here. He's actually preaching to the exiles to make themselves comfortable, make a life for yourself in this new land, marry, be given in marriage, work hard, pray for the cities to which God has has sent you. Even though they're pagan cities, these are Babylonian cities, pray for the welfare of those cities, pray for the welfare of the king of Babylon, because that's your home now. And it isn't until 70 years are passed will I will visit you again and bring you back into this land. Uh, this is Jeremiah's prophecy, and this is the nature of uh, his letter. So this is a very uh, important uh, aspect of, of Jeremiah's ministry. Uh, of course, what will happen in short order, well, within 10 years, is that not only will the exiles not come back, but in fact, um, the destruction of Jerusalem will, will be completed in 587, as I mentioned before. The whole city will be destroyed. And anybody left in, in the town that was worth, you know, had, had any kind of weight or worth to them would be carted off or killed. Um, and that would be the end of, of um, the sovereignty uh, of, of uh, the Jews over Judea. And we won't hear again of, of uh, any kind of sovereignty in, in Judea until Ezra, Ezra and Nehemiah record, uh, you know, what happened after the exile. But uh, Jeremiah is writing a letter from Jerusalem between the second and the third interventions and exiles, telling the folks to be comfortable. You're not going anywhere. This is the judgment I've told you about. Now make your, make your peace with it and be faithful in this foreign land and wait patiently for the Lord to come and, and uh, keep his promise and bring you back. Okay, Matthew 26, beginning at 36. We have two little segments of our reading today. The first is Jesus' prayer, where he prays three times. And then the second is the words that Jesus spoke upon his arrest and he said three different things let's first talk about uh, jesus and his prayer the scripture is clear that he went off by himself 
and three times he prayed. And in between each time, he would return to his disciples and see them in various states of sleep and lack of preparedness. And he would make a comment or two regarding that, uh, that the, the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak, um, you know, uh, this, this, this sort of thing. But let's look at the prayer itself. The prayer that Jesus prayed was, number one, let this cup pass from me. And that's remarkable all by itself for what Jesus is asking and then for what he's not asking. What he is asking is that somehow or another, the ordeal through which he is about to go, if it could somehow be set aside. He is asking the Heavenly Father that. It's remarkable because Jesus knows full well that this is why he came into the world. And here in just a little bit, we're going to see his focus on that, that the scriptures may be fulfilled. He's going to say that twice. But here, I mean, he knows the scripture has to be fulfilled. But then he says, uh, let this cup pass from me. What a powerful testimony to the human nature in, in Jesus. And that is he shrinks back. There's a part of him that shrinks back in horror at this kind of pain. It's not as though a human being, if they just had faith, wouldn't be bothered by such pain as Jesus is about to suffer at all. It's clearly not the case. And Jesus himself is horrified at the prospect. And he asks sincerely that his heavenly father take this cup from him, that he would not have to endure this. That's what he's asking. What he's not asking is this. He is not asking to set aside the salvation of the world, therefore. So when he says, um, if it be your will, okay, if it be your will, uh, Jesus is asking if it is possible that this cup be taken from me, provided that your will in establishing salvation in the world can still be accomplished and your will will still be done. But if not, then let your will be done. What a perfect and beautiful uh, form of a prayer for every Christian. There are some Christians who act like saying, if it's thy will, you know, thy will be done. It's almost a cop out. You pray for something uh, and then you add the tagline, if it's your will. Uh, and they act like that's like a cop out, you know, uh, name it and claim it, they say. But it's not a cop out. It's a recognition that what we want, what we ask for. Uh, we really don't want and we're really not asking for if it is not according and consummate with God's will. And Jesus shows us the way here. Okay, so three times he prayed the same thing. Let this cup pass from me only if it is your will. Now then, uh, Jesus is arrested. And during the course of his arrest, he says some words to Judas. Um, and, and then he says some words to his violent, uh, uh, violently behaving uh, disciples, and then he says some words to the rabble that's come to arrest him. What he says to his disciples is, put your swords away. Whoever lives by the sword shall die by the sword. Do you not think that I couldn't call 12 legions of angels if I wanted to? But then how would the scripture be fulfilled? So in other words, Jesus is saying, stand down. We're not going to fight. We could fight. We could fight and we would win. We're not going to fight. This is a time not to fight, but to let the other side have its way so that the scriptures may be fulfilled. There will be a time to fight later. 
you and I as Christians certainly fight today. We fight the good fight. We bring the kingdom by fighting, fighting with the word of God, not fighting with swords. But nevertheless, we have adversaries and we do fight and we are trying to defeat all those who are opposed to God. But in this hour, there will be no fighting. We will let the devil have his way, even though it will be his own undoing. Jesus says to the rabble who's come to get him, I've been preaching and teaching in the temple day by day, right in front of all of you, and yet you did not come and get me. But now you come like you're coming for a robber, all armed with clubs and whatnot like that. What is this? But that the scriptures may be fulfilled. Once again, Jesus is pointing out that while we're not going to fight, look what the other side is going to do. They are going to fight. And yet, there is this recognition in the way they came out to get him that, um, that they have to resort to subterfuge because if they don't resort to subterfuge and come and sneak out in the middle of the night, they're afraid of the people. They already recognize their own weakness by the very way that they're having to do this underhanded stuff and coming out in the middle of the night in order to snatch him when nobody's looking. Once again, he says that the scriptures may be fulfilled. Jesus is making it very clear that all that is happening here is according to the will of God. Last. Actually, the first thing he said in our lesson here is to Judas, friend, king, come, do what you came to do. What's interesting here is that he doesn't say that the scripture may be fulfilled, although it was that the scripture may be fulfilled. But instead, the focus is on what Judas came to do. It may be in fulfillment of Scripture, but nevertheless, it is Judas's idea. He came to do this. Now, get on with it. What you came to do. What you want to do. So on the one hand, God's plan is unfolding. It is God's plan. On the other hand, those who have acted wickedly, and especially Judas, acting with such treachery, that's their willing contribution to this whole plan of God. Judas, Jesus says, sending a chill down your th in the back if you think about it. Judas, do what you came to do.